0: Good morning, beautiful. I know it's gonna be a good morning, beautiful. When you waken up with me, it's gonna be a good morning, beautiful. La-da-da-da, la-da-da-da. Oh, we're going. Hi, I'm Kevin Bankers and I'm Donna Carter. You're listening to Grow on the Go. I've been I've been away for a while. I don't remember how we do this. (laughs) Are we doing? Oh, it's going.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that 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 timer flashing in your face. That's uh, that's that's telling us. Yeah.
0: Um, So where have you been? (laughs) I've been uh, well. First, I got COVID. Um, and had no voice to speak oh, of for so for long. For weeks, which was particularly stressful because I was in a musical at the moment. I was, when I finally went to the doctor and got steroids to reduce the inflammation in my larynx, um, I was two weeks away from the show opening and I was like, I need this to be fixed immediately. And. It was. You and sounded was. great. Thank you. Yeah. I Thank you, steroids, for that. Um, yeah, I've never lost my voice for that long. I was getting very scared. Yeah. Because my voice is really important to me. It's kind of a good portion of my identity. Yeah, so I was in a musical, which is now done. It's a musical that I have done three times now.
1: You know all the words for every for every part. part.
0: Yeah. Well, the first time
1: I did the show, you'd, you'd be
0: the ultimate understudy
1: because yeah. no matter who went
0: down, you. I could got do you. It. Yeah, I did. Um, I did that show the first time when I was twelve, ish, eleven or twelve. And it ran for like thirty shows or oh, something. Oh, it was crazy! I felt like month. I lived
1: my whole life in the car.
0: Yeah, well, and it wasn't close. No, it was Pump House, which is like a solid twenty-five minute drive. Well, no, it can't be that far because mm. I'm only about twelve minutes from here, and it's only about five minutes from well, me. Well, it depends on traffic. Yeah, of that's true. Yeah. Glenmore gets really backed up, so yeah. yeah anyway, um, needless to say, and then you did it. And then you did Susical again in high school yeah. when I was fifteen or sixteen. Uh, and then, and then another you know fifteen years later, I did it again. I saw an audition notice come through, and I was like, "Wouldn't it be funny if I'd done Susical three times?" Because it's not typical to do the same show twice. Even I was talking to our director, who's a professional actor, and he's like, "I've never done the same show twice." I'm like, "I've done this show three times." <laughs> And a different character each time. It, yeah, I'm slowly making mm. my way through the cast.
1: <laughs> well, it was it was delightful. We went Thank on you. opening night, and it was really fun.
0: Yeah, I've forgotten what a what a fun show it is. Yeah, if you're interested, it's called Seussical the Musical. Um, we may post a photo or something. Yeah, of me doing my thing. Yeah. I play Maisie LaBird, bird. Who's the bird? No, Yeah, she's kind of like the May West of birds. She's something. She's a lot of different kind of starlet characters rolled into one who is allergic to responsibility. And I'm like, same. <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: Well, um, we are going to be talking today on Grow on the Go about having a listening life. Mm-hmm. Sounds listening with our lives. awful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why? Because I much prefer talking.
1: i <laughs> never noticed this about you. Have you? Or me. You should listen better. <laughs> <laughs> so Winston Churchill said something quite um, profound about listening. He said, courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. Sometimes that's really true. Mm. I once had a friend say to me, um, I asked her a question, and she said, are you sure you really want to know? Oof. Yeah, and I was like, and that's
0: bold. Maybe not. That's bold of them as well. Yeah, it was. I have a friend who said to me, and bless her, and she knows I'm okay with this and not always aware of how much I'm talking or how loud I'm talking. Um, She has said to me, okay, it's my turn now. And I'm like, sorry, Ashley, thank you. Mm -hmm. No, and it's really good. She does that. Oh yeah, I and I appreciate it, and it only mm. comes from a place of love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, she's not annoyed with me, mm. but she will not get a word in edgewise if I don't shut up. <laughs> and it's not just the two of us either. It's it's when we're in a group. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Well, I I don't know
1: that there's ever been a generation that's more ever been more connected to information and noise, yeah. right? Than <laughs> than the people on the planet today. We've got communication technology, um, you know, in in different types and quantities than at any other time in history, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. You know, there's cell phones, there's satellite radio, there's GPS and Wi-Fi and social media. And all of these things are are continually intruding on our airspace. Mm. Um, Sometimes invited, most of the time invited, but sometimes not. I mean, we tweet and text and touch constantly, but... Are we actually listeners? Um, I question whether having an electronic device perpetually attached to our ears, or at least within arm's reach, um, whether that's actually equipping us to hear the Mm. sounds that are truly important. Mm. One of the most frustrating aspects of the intelligence failure that led to the 9-11 terrorist attacks on America was that the United States had been warned. Ah, yeah, like among all of the intelligence chatter that they had to sift through in the fall of 2001, there was talk of a terrorist plan involving planes crashing into buildings. And according to some analysts, the problem wasn't that the intelligence community wasn't aware of the threat. The problem was there were so many threats, they didn't know which ones to take seriously.
0: Oh, what a nightmare, a prioritization mm-hmm. issue. I know. wouldn't that be horrendous? Oh, it's
1: And I actually think that our day-to-day lives can be like that. Mm. So much comes at us on an hourly basis that we have to automatically dismiss most of it to avoid overloading our circuits. Mm. And as much as we might like to think that we can multitask,
0: we can't possibly take
1: in and process all the information coming
0: at us. I once met an HR professional who said, When she would interview people and they'd say they were good multitaskers, she'd say, No, you're not. She said, No one is a good multitasker. It's true. Yeah.
1: It's really true. One of the things, the videos that we use at um, um, We Can Get Away, the conferences that we um, speak at. We being you Mm -hmm. and my father. Yes. um, We speak at on behalf of Family Life Canada. um, They have a, 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 a. a video clip of, of these two teams playing volleyball and like right in the middle. and you we ask them to count the number of players mm. or the number of times the ball is passed. That's what it is. And um in the middle of this a gorilla a guy in a gorilla suit walks in, beats his chest and walks off. And most people don't unless they know they're familiar with the because it, it's it's based on a quite a famous study. Um, most people don't see the gorilla. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it, like when you know it's there and you're watching for it, it's like, how in the how world did, miss did I that? miss yeah. that? But the reality is, is that when our, when our brains are flooded with stimuli, they tend to assign equal importance to several things at once, which creates a log jam mm-hmm. in our brains of uninterrupted, uh, interrupted thoughts. Hmm. And the result is that the overloaded person becomes attentionally blind and deaf to everything.
0: Not intentionally yeah. but attentionally. One of the biggest things I ask my my manager, mm-hmm. my director for support with at work is, okay, I have these things and I've been told all of them are important. Can you please help me prioritize Priorities. them because I can't tell what needs to come first. Mm-hmm. And that has been one of the biggest things, realizing, okay, that's a gap for me. That's something I'm not great at. is prioritizing. I need help.
1: Mm
0: Mm-hmm. That's good you recognize that. Well, I learned the hard way a few times. Mm. But, you know, if if we get overloaded
1: to the point that we're blind and deaf to everything, like, does that sound like a problem to you? I mean, yeah. I mean, what important messages might we be missing? Like a turn signal, a yellow light, the voice of God? Mm-hmm. The only way that we can filter out auditory clutter and be sure that we hear God's voice is to take the time to unplug and let our minds and hearts catch up to our experience. I can't I actually can't think of one time where scripture records God speaking to individuals in the chaos of a crowd. I mean, there might be some, I'm not saying that such examples don't exist, but I know, you know, Moses was alone in the wilderness when God uh. called him. Samuel was awakened from sleep. Elijah was in a cave. And we know that Jesus continually sought out quiet places to converse with God. Now, of course, in pre-modern days, it was likely a whole lot easier to find stillness.
0: (laughs) Yeah, walk five (laughs) steps, you're by yourself. Hooray!
1: (laughs) Well... You know, there was just a lot less potential for for noise. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, instead of getting into a job and cranking up the radio or the MP3 player, the ancients walked and listened to song. Hours of traveling by foot, working with hand tools, or following an ox down the length of a a, a field or or kneading dough, whatever, Mm -hmm. it it gave time for um, focusing and and processing what we've just experienced and then to you know ask God what he wants to say about it and our problem is that in 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 our culture today we can we actually have the capability to go from one intense situation to another without any of the normal rhythms of life forcing us to take time to process what we've just experienced or what we've just heard and then consulting God about it Some people probably choose the intensity of going from one, you know, one intense moment to another because maybe unconsciously they're a little bit afraid of being alone with their own thoughts or with God's. And I have to wonder how many times I've missed what God wanted me to hear because I failed to create that cushion of quiet. Mm. Unlike the racket of our culture, God is not intrusive. He speaks quietly to the heart of People who are motivated enough to wait and listen. The one who's motivated to obey. The one who actually expects God to speak. Kevin, when you were about three years old, I don't know if you remember this, but I went out and I left you in your dad's care. Now, you know, in retrospect, mm-hmm. leaving an adult with ADHD in charge of a child with ADHD. <laughs> to be fair, both of us were undiagnosed at the time. <laughs> Anyway, um, you were playing in the yard near the garage at where mm-hmm. dad was working on a car. Um, and you know, you were you were a very chatty little kid. Like mm-hmm. you were never quiet for long and if you didn't <laughs> have something to say, you'd just hum or I'd sing just or make noise. or yeah. just make noise. Yeah. So, um, when you have a kid like that, you, you do tend to tune them out after a little <laughs> while
0: <laughs> for years, and I was aware of that too. Were you well, yeah? Because mm-hmm. remember, I'd say, I'd say to grandma, like, if you get tired of listening to me, you can just tune me out and I'll just keep talking. Okay, I don't, so I was fully aware that you were catching maybe 25% of what I was saying. <laughs> I
1: remember on one car ride, everybody kind of had it, and I just said, Kev, could you just maybe try and say every second thing (laughs) that comes into your head. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, you were adorable, but, you know... But not not all the time. That was a lot on a long car ride. Anyway, um, after I'd been gone a while, your dad noticed silence. Well, that can't be good. He thought... (laughs) He'd already lost you once and had to call the police, which did not go over well with me. No. Anyway, um... So, Randy extracted himself from the car that he was working on and he went looking for you. I don't know why this story
0: embarrasses me so much. Oh, it shouldn't. It's adorable. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. It's not.
1: So, he couldn't find you in the front yard. He started calling your name, no answer. He continued to call while heading toward the backyard. And as he rounded the corner, there was little Kevin, cute little blonde girl. And she uh, was looking up into the sky and saying, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. we learned about
0: Samuel that day I'm, in, in, in um, Sunday school. Uh,
1: abso- That's I think, what Samuel said. I know, it's adorable. <laughs> you obviously filed that story in your
0: little memory. I mean, it was the same day. Uh, was it really the oh, same yeah, day? It was the same day, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Okay. Well, in your mind, it must have seemed quite obvious that since you didn't see anyone talking, the voice <laughs> must belong to God. Yeah, okay. But what wonderful childlike faith. <laughs> I love that story. I mean, how much more would we all hear God if we lived with that kind of simple expectancy? Conversations would be difficult, but... (laughs) I suppose. So Hebrews 4, 7 teaches us, Today you must listen to his voice. Don't harden your hearts against him. So the question at hand, according to this verse, is not, does God speak? The question is, do we listen? Mm Mm-hmm. do our hardened, unexpected hearts prevent us from hearing God? And how often does God whisper my name that I'm too tired or too busy or too overwhelmed with chatter to hear? Now, the Bible teaches that there are many ways that God speaks to us. He approaches us uniquely, and I love that, that um, he, he speaks to us in a way that is particularly meaningful to us as individuals. In his his amazing work experiencing God. Henry Blackaby wrote this. Moses had no precedent for a burning bush experience. (laughs) He couldn't say, oh, this is my burning bush experience. My father's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had theirs, and this is mine. There were no other experiences of God speaking this way. I mean, it's pretty weird, right? (laughs) From a bush (laughs) that's on fire but not burning up? Um, Sorry, that wasn't Henry Black. I was going to say, are you editorializing? Me. Yes. So he goes on to say, um, there are no other experiences of God speaking this way. It was unique because God wants our experience with him and his voice to be personal to us. He wants us to look to him in a relationship rather than depend on some method or technique. And I love that. It's such a... Um, expression of God's creativity, his <laughs> infinite creativity.
0: What am I gonna do to get this guy's attention? Never, oh, how about I set bush? a bush on fire <laughs> and speak through it? In in Prince of Egypt, the bush literally like vocalizes. Do we think that happened? Did a voice come from the bush? Or no. did did just like one of those holy ideas pop into Moses's head mm. and he's like, I guess this is what we're doing? No, I don't, have questions. No, I think it was. I mean,
1: I don't know, I can't say, but we know God spoke and we know Moses knew it was God. And thus he spake. So, yeah. So he wants us to look to him in a relationship and that's a unique relationship. He's created us uniquely. He acknowledges our individuality in the variety of ways he communicates with us. So I would just want to talk about a few of the different ways that God does speak. One of the ways that God spoke in the Bible and still speaks today is through dreams Now, we don't hear a lot about God dreams in our culture. Maybe the reality that we don't expect God to speak that way, maybe that explains why he uses other means more often in our culture. But in cultures where dreams are given great significance, God often chooses this as a vehicle to speak. In in Bible times, God spoke through dreams all the time. Probably the most well-known example is the way God directed Joseph and helped him keep Jesus and his mother out of harm's way by telling him in dreams where and when to travel. Um, We're told about that in the book of Matthew, the first couple of chapters. Today, in Islamic culture, dreams are still thought to have great significance. And it's interesting that um, our church has an Iranian population growing within it.
0: Our church being... Um, the Christian faith?
1: No, our church as in First Alliance Church. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. glad I clarified. Yeah, we have a congregation within a, um, our congregation of, of um, Iranians. And often, we, and I shouldn't say often, but from time to time, we hear stories from um, this group of people about how they first met Jesus in a dream. And often these dreams occurred while these individuals were still living in Iran, mm-hmm. where they could have spent the rest of their lives without hearing of Jesus' redemptive plan for them. Yeah. Now, I don't know why God spoke, chose to spoke to me in a dream. I'm not from a charismatic tradition. I don't really go looking for out-of-the-box experiences.
0: <laughs> but, what? You laugh? I just, I don't go looking for out-of-the-box no. like. Not, nor do I and I I don't think Kendall does either no, we just yeah I think God speaks to us in a method that he thinks will get our attention and also will be at least moderately comfortable with <laughs> like no. yeah I'm go- I want to hear your story in a minute but let me just finish mine No yeah
1: do do you think So um yeah so one morning I woke up with the strong impression that my dream was from God and strangely I didn't really remember very much of the dream but I did remember um something that was incredibly clear. It was the front cover of a book. Mm-hmm. And on the book was a photograph of a yellow and orange sunset. And it was it was so clear. I wondered if God wanted me to go and try and find the book. And then I thought, how ridiculous it would be to go into a bookstore and say, yeah, could I have the book with the yellow and orange sunset on yeah. the cover, please? Have you seen that book? So I dismissed the idea, and I just went on with my day. But a few hours later, I got a phone call from a young woman that I'd been mentoring. And she had, um, over the course of her life, I'd learned this by the time I'd spent with her, she had suffered a lot at the hands of men. And as a result, she really struggled with her concept of God. Both Mm her dad and her stepdad were, you know, abusive, and she just didn't have the emotional circuitry to accept God as her heavenly father. And so on this, this day on the phone, she asked me if I would lead her in a Bible study on the nature and character of God. I told her I would be happy to do that, and we arranged a time to connect. While she was fresh on my mind, I decided to have a quick look through my personal library to see if I had some material that would be helpful in and our we study. we have a lot of books. We have
0: quite a few And books. by we, I mean you, because I am an adult who doesn't live here anymore, but you, you own a lot mm-hmm. of books. And I've given so many of them away. <laughs> anyway, I quickly scanned the spines
1: of the books on my shelves and just pulled out a few that I thought had potential to be helpful. And I stacked about the half a dozen or so books that I'd pulled um, just on my bedroom floor, thinking that I would look at them more closely when I had a bit more time. I was on my way out, so before I left the house that day, I sat on the edge of my bed to put on my socks. And as I did, I stacked over at the glass of books or at the stack of books on my floor. And there it was, right on top, the yellow and orange sunset from my dream, exactly as it had appeared in my dream. And the book's title was "Knowing God," by J.I. Packer. I was astounded. <laughs> I said out loud to God, "I guess this would be the book you want me to use." <laughs> and it turned out to be a huge source of help and healing for this young woman and her her man wound, for lack of a better term. Ew, I hated that. Okay, well, her the wound inflicted on her soul by by, men, men. by several men, and and actually it was so helpful that, uh, several months later, I had the privilege of attending this young woman's wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. As far as I know, that's the only time God has spoken to me in a dream. What about you?
0: Um, controversial opinion. Um, when my grandma passed away, everyone sort of got to say goodbye, but me, I was sleeping and also in a different city. And I had a dream shortly after she passed away. That was, We were in her house and I knew she was dead and she knew she was dead, but we had one like last conversation anyway. And I don't know how to explain it other than I'm positive that the Bible cautions us against trying to communicate with the dead. Right. I want to be clear. I am on board with that. But I think that God... I don't know, pulled back the curtain for me for a second, hmm. just really quickly um, to say goodbye to my grandma or at least to give me the closure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I've, I don't want to get down to the theology of yeah. splitting hairs, but I do see that as God giving you closure.
0: Yeah. Whether
1: you were, you know, actually having a conversation with your grandma or not, I don't I don't think you were but I do think that God was giving you some closure yeah
0: and I, I and I woke up feeling so at peace like I didn't wake up sad hmm. um, that she was gone I didn't wake up upset that it was a dream because in the dream like I knew she was dead but did you know she was in heaven uh-huh
1: oh yeah oh yeah cool
0: Um. and we weren't in heaven when mm-hmm. we were talking mm-hmm. it was just her house hmm but um, yeah I just got to say some things and she got to say some things that sound like things she would have said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all I can say is like, I woke up with this unimaginable, unimaginable peace and I have an anxiety disorder. I don't have good dreams. Mm. (laughs) I have terrible dreams or dreams that start weird and then turn terrible. Mm. Um, and so for me to wake up from a dream feeling at peace and, satisfied is not common that's a god thing oh for sure yeah okay so god
1: speaks to us through through dreams um also he speaks to us probably most commonly um through the bible um and often i have a, sense, a really personal connection with the passage of scripture and i've known that it was god's message for me in that moment mm-hmm. And i'm sure you've felt that too
0: oh god's spoken to mm-hmm. me through phone
1: calls yeah I um, I remember from that. instructors, yeah, yeah. So when I was developing Ten Smart Things, which is a, a life management evangelism tool, yeah, uh, full title is Ten Smart Things Women Can Do to Build a Better Life. You can order it on the website if you want to. But anyway, um, I remember one day when I was working on this project, when I was so overwhelmed, I had no idea what I was doing, and nothing was working out, and I really wanted to quit. But instead, I picked up my Bible. I was desperate for some encouragement. And I happened to be reading at that time through Zechariah. I have no idea why, but I was. And I remember being. Because pretty, God wanted you to. Yeah. Why. I remember being pretty skeptical that any encouragement could be found in such an obscure book. But I prayed for fresh faith as I opened to where I'd been reading. And there on the page were God's words to someone else completely discouraged with an overwhelming task Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And my heart just started to beat a little bit faster and I continued reading and found these words a little further down the page. This is what the Lord says, take heart and finish the task. And I will never forget the profound sense of relief and encouragement I felt. I, God knew how overwhelmed and alone I felt. And through these words I that I knew were for me in that moment, he was saying, you're not alone, you're right on course. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes God speaks to us even more directly uh, than that, through uh, that sense of, uh, sorry, sometimes God speaks to us more directly than through the sense of resonating with the scripture passage. I I have never heard God speak audibly, although I know people who have. But the main way I recognize God's voice is, by the way, a phrase arrives suddenly in my mind with no train of thought leading Mm -hmm. up to it. And for some people, it's more of an impression. And then there's um, times when God uses our, our intuition. Listen to the scripture in Acts 15, 25. So it seemed good to us, having unanimously agreed on our decision to send to you these official representatives, along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the sake of the Lord Jesus. So we are sending Judas and Silas to tell you what we have decided concerning your question. Here's the here's the thing I want you to catch. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these requirements. I mean, there's something about that that doesn't sound very scientific or even spiritual. Seemed right. But when we walk with God over a long period of time, when we're in the Word, when we're listening to Him, the Holy Spirit informs our intuition. And we get to a place where... Um, we just have a nudge and we sense it's the right thing to do. And there are times when we don't have time to pour over the scriptures. You know, we don't have time to consult with other people in the body of Christ we need to trust the life of Christ in us. And this is obviously not for situations that are like life-altering decisions mm-hmm. or really sensitive, difficult conversations. But these are for the day-to-day things. When something good needs doing it and you just feel like you know mm-hmm. what you need to do. So these are some of the ways that, that God speaks to us. And um, creating that cushion of stillness is really what, uh, what allows us to hear God. hmm
0: well, before we go, please remember to subscribe on your favorite app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, or listen anytime using the My Joy Radio app. That is it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter.
1: Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.